A week ago, Saturday, I woke up in a frenzy. Kate's already laughing. I was supposed to be in church in five minutes to make it on time to the weekly 9 a.m. Bible study. So I flew out of bed in record time. I grabbed my clothes on the back of the door that I had set out the night before, and I did a drive by the closet for a washcloth, and I have wood floors, so with the right kind of socks, I looked a little bit like Tom Cruise flying to get my washcloth to go flying into the bathroom while calling Pastor Kate on speaker. Meanwhile, my husband's on the couch. I'm getting my toothpaste and my toiletries on the counter, and Kate picks up, and before I even uh, have a chance to get her to say hello, I say, oh my gosh, I am going to be late for 9 a.m., and through the phone for Kate and through the bathroom door from my husband come the same two words. It's Saturday. <laughs> then they both start laughing, and I go, oh, joy. And then I start laughing. I wasn't late after all. You know, those morning routines we create show the power of habit, don't they? Our bodies launch us into motion without our brains taking the time to process what's happening. It's why we can recite our address. Most of us can still remember our childhood address or phone number. Think about that for a minute. We often drive from home to work without even thinking about it because we know the route so well. Sure, sometimes we get it wrong. I mean, we may think it's Sunday instead of Saturday, for example. But most of the time, our habits get it right. We're usually familiar with our physical habits, but how much thought do you give to your spiritual habits? I don't mean habits like praying or reading the Bible, although I highly recommend both. I mean habits like finding joy, finding hope, finding peace. Jesus said we could have peace even when there's chaos all around us. He said we could be hopeful, even when life looks pretty bleak. Those are the characteristics, much like your star words on your cards, that take some practice to get it right. Sister Anne Megangero, a physician and poet who lived, loved, and died, has a sister of Laredo who worked in El Salvador. She worked with the poor and the needy. She died of cancer in 1993, and she was only in her mid-40s. John Cavanaugh, who was with Sister Anne before she died, tells the story of her life. He says, once while working in a neonatal intensive care unit, she struggled hard to save a five-inch premature baby named Tamika. The girl was left in the hospital fated to die, unable to thrive, bereft of possibility. She smiled once, cupped in Anne's single hand. And after weeks of being held and caressed and gazed upon, she died. And in John's words, he said this, 
after the two of us buried Tamika with the help of a generous funeral director. I protested to Anne that it all felt just so meaningless and bleak. What on earth did Tamika ever have, I asked her. Well, Anne said, she had the power to evoke love from me. She had the power to evoke love from me. If you're experiencing the death of a loved one, let me say that again. She had the power to evoke love from me. You know, there's people all around us every day. Family, friends, neighbors, even strangers. All around us each day that have the power to evoke love from us. Faith expresses itself through love. Faith is the power of love in action. It is the power of Jesus in us, in each one of our lives. It gives us an abiding joy that's deep and centered. Just like Sister Anne when she held Tamika in her hand that made love her reflex. You know, nothing could take that love and joy away from her. Not even when Tamika died, Paul in his letter to the young church in Rome reassures us that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Not even death. Because of Jesus, we have eternal life. Our congregation's 2020 star word is joy-filled. Joy-filled. A love that is far less about what you feel and more about what you do. Jesus' new commandment to his disciples was precisely this. Show your love and love one another. By your love, they will know more about you than anything else you could do. Love each other as I have loved you. Jesus didn't love us by simply feeling loving toward us. Jesus lived a life that embodied love. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He comforted the confused. He taught the ignorant. He hugged little children. He wept when he grieved and we grieve. Jesus' love was so great that he went to the cross and he suffered torture and death as his greatest demonstration of his action-packed love. And this is the love Jesus wants from his disciples, all of us, to enter into. Not just to feel it, but to live it. Let me show you the joy-filled love is habit way to live. As we experienced it through our dear friends who have recently gone home to be with Jesus. I'm going to do a roll call. Marilyn Herzl. The gift of sharing her voice in song in all the seasons of our church family's life for 53 years. In worship, funerals, weddings, and musicals, she sang us through life, her faith unwavering. Robert Plew, infectious joy in serving with his hands and our house committee, going out on a mission trip. And somehow those hands became magic. The amazing Rupert. My, how our children love him. Jean Myers, 
What a great sense of humor. Wow, his humor was so much a part of who he was and will always be to all of us who knew him. And his joy overflowed when he hit the dance floor. Gliding Jan along the dance floor, a dancer like King David, he found his love renewed when his feet got to moving. And how about Fred Beale? The ability to wake up to any day, whether it was sunny or it was rainy and stormy, and he would declare it a beautiful day because he was alive. Just as he named those around him beautiful whenever he stepped into a room. I know all of us office girls loved it. Audrey Krull, strong, determined, daring faith. That had her saying the name Jesus more than any other. It was as natural as breathing. Jesus was Audrey's habit. She talked about him with such joy. And oh, that laugh. It was as contagious as her love for others. She was great at loving people. Do the roll call of the folks that you love and brought love out of you. Give God thanks for them. You see, we're their legacy. The faith in Jesus shaped who we are as a people. It shaped our church. Joy was their habit, and love was their reflex. And notice that their inner joy filled with the love of Jesus. It embodied by their simplest of compassionate actions through serving others. And we would do well to emulate them all. How can we do any less? We can't. We can't. Jesus knew the habits of our hearts would lead to changes in the way we live. If we find peace within ourselves, well, we'll naturally become peacemakers in the world around us. And when we pray with hope and we look for the little things, we begin to walk in hope. And it spreads to people all around us. Where great joy is a habit, extravagant love is a reflex. And when Jesus sat at the Last Supper with his disciples, he was beginning to say goodbye to them in what is known in the Gospel of John as the Farewell Discourse, our verses today from that. It is at that moment that Jesus offers his disciples a new commandment, what might be thought of as a guiding principle along with the gift of the Holy Spirit to keep them on track as Jesus leaves them. Now at first glance, the command to love one another, especially Jesus elaborates it, that it's in response to the great love that he has for them and for us. It seems to offer a comforting thought to the disciples. Even though Jesus is about to leave them physically, they are left with the firm assurance of his abiding love, and because of it, they have hope that they retain a sense of closeness with him and with the Christian community. They celebrated together on the very night that he gave the commandment and noticed that Jesus put great importance on our ability to love while he demonstrated by his new definition of love, which is for us to be disciples. In verse 35, what are we to look like? Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
a question. Do people in our lives know our love for Jesus by the way we love them? Let's be clear about joy-filled love. It's powerful. Sometimes it's downright sacrificial. It goes the extra mile for the good of a neighbor. We won't love well if we're in the habit of being negative and cynical. You might say we're just being realist. However, remember that Jesus sees the reality of what is and what will be more than anything we could see. And it still starts with the faith, hope, and the love of Jesus inside of us which is why we need to practice all three in great quantity so that each one becomes habit-forming. We want no less than a love that bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things. In effect, Jesus was creating a group later to be known as the church whose primary identification characteristic is that they love each other, expressing that in service to one another. It's a love that stands as a distinguishing characteristic of the church. Love says a lot about any community, especially about the church. In the church, our love for one another must be known within our doors and outside of our doors because it is in getting the feedback that we hear from those in our larger community that tells us and tells them that Jesus really does dwell among us. When Ira Gallette, a missionary to East Africa, returned home to report on his activities overseas, he related an interesting phenomenon Repeatedly, Gallette had noticed how groups of Africans would walk past the government hospitals and travel many extra miles to receive medical treatment from the missionary compound. Finally, he asked a particular group why they walked that extra distance when the same treatments, even better, were available at the government clinics. And they replied this, the medicines may be the same, but the hands are different. That's the virtue of love incarnated, Jesus' love in us. That kind of love makes a difference. Jesus has no hands but our hands, no feet but our feet. We are his ambassadors representing him to the world. And when we love as he loved, it will make a difference, not only in the lives of others, but in our own life. And people will notice Christian love is indispensable. As we approach the end of January, let's not ever reduce joy to a New Year's resolution. Instead, let it be our habit so love becomes our reflex. And how do we make joy a habit in our everyday lives so our reflex is love? Jesus Marilyn, Jean, Robert, Fred, Audrey have shown us that there is no better way than to express our gratitude 
to be a people of thanksgiving. And when we are intentional about giving God our thanks, despite any adversity or circumstance we come across, we can't help but feel joy over the pure gift of another day. And when our joy has become habit, our love becomes the way we live. What new habit of love or of joy or of peace do you and I want to start building in our lives today? Whatever it is, let's make sure to share it with one another. Amen.